0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Inside City STLSC podcast. This is Tavis Cameron and today we'll be looking at a little intro to the MLS, um, how STLSC will fit into that, some things about the league format, and then a little bit about the other teams that will be within our conference and some of the potential difficult fixtures and some what away games will look like. Uh, But before any of that gets going, I just wanted to do a brief little overview about why we call it soccer in the U.S. Um, There's been a lot of debate with that, a lot of confusion. Some people calling it football, some people calling it soccer. So I just wanted to look at why exactly it is like that. So the modern soccer or football, whatever you call the sport, began in 1863, 1863. Uh, representatives from different English schools and different football clubs over there they standardized a single set of rules for all the matches since there were multiple sets and they hadn't they didn't have an association to kind of bring all this together so they made a new one they called it the football association and the version of the game with these strict set of rules at that time became known as association football instead of just street football or school football or things like that it became association football when they brought all these rules together so because of this because of the word because of the word association um, a slang abbreviation of that word, the beginning a s s o c it became a sock and then that turned into a soccer and eventually got brought into soccer or soccer football. so the habit of adding er to nicknames in British vernacular is attributed to Oxford students of that period, and it's seen in other things like calling rugby rugger so that's how a sock became a soccer and then eventually to soccer or soccer football. So, yes, it did start in England. It was not an American thing we made up one day just to be different or to sound cool or anything like that. It was actually an abbreviation of association football dating all the way back to 1863 in England. So, the parallel names soccer and football, or some people called soccer football, they were used pretty much interchangeably to refer to the association football. Uh, up until the 1900s, and then just saying football that became the more common term. But in countries where another football variety was already popular, like here in the US and also in Australia, uh, that name stuck, and we've called it soccer ever since. And I don't know if this is common knowledge, but in Australia, their professional men's international team is actually called the Socceroos. Um, and it's controlled by the governing body for soccer. So they do call it that in Australia. So yeah, just if anyone ever gives you any stick for using the term soccer, it's, it's not an American term. It's actually a British term. Um, us in Australia have just adopted it and continue to call it that. But anyways, so long as that's out of the way. Um, so the MLS stands for Major League Soccer. Um, it, the beginning of this league dates back to 1988. Uh, the United States Soccer Federation, they made a Division I professional soccer league with an exchange to FIFA so that they would be awarded the 1994 FIFA World Cup to be played in the United States. Um, the MLS was officially formed seven years later, a year after the World Cup ended in 1995, and it made its official debut with playing matches the following year, 1996. Um the 1994 World Cup had brought a huge surge of interest in the sport from um Americans and people who traveled to the US and sparked a big love for the game and the MLS was really looking to take advantage of this and ride that surge of interest. Um so before the MLS there had only been two professional leagues ever within the US and Canada it was the Division 1 Football Leagues um run by the American Football Association, AFA, and the National American Soccer League, the NASL. Um, Those had been the former top leagues, but with the MLS that changed it. So Doug Logan became the first league commissioner and the MLS launch had 10 teams ready for action in the United States. However, a little bit of a downside to this was that even though the 1994 FIFA World Cup had had so much success and brought so much interest to the sport within the year it was played. A lot of teams struggled to fill seats, they struggled to sell tickets, they had revenue issues, and it remained a consistent problem for its first few seasons in existence. So during this time, the MLS tried to change a few rules, tried to make it more marketable for American audiences. They They had the shootout rule for tie games in an attempt to bring more interest so that they didn't end in a 0-0 draw or 1-1 draw. They could have something exciting at the end, you know, like an extra time or something, even if it was just a regular league game, which usually ends in just a tie. So in 1997, the league implemented rules like this, and they added two more teams in Chicago and in South Florida. Um, They hoped to gain the interest of those diehard fans in those areas, but that didn't really come to fruition. Um, none of this was helped by, in 1998, the U.S. men's national team were eliminated in the first round, which brought a bit of um, a down downward spiral with the MLS now connected to the men's national team. So it wasn't looking good for soccer in the U.S. Um, however, in the 2002 World Cup, the U.S. men's national team beat Portugal and they beat Mexico to advance to the quarterfinals, the farthest they'd ever gotten. And a resurgence in attention, it led to record-setting numbers in the 2002 MLS Cup. Uh, It was the largest attendance in the MLS Finals history. And that huge crowd got to see LA Galaxy capture their first title and really assert themselves as one of the biggest clubs in the MLS. Then, Freddie Adu, if you know that name, he was one of the most highly touted prospects in MLS history. And then, another name you probably know, David Beckham, they joined the league. So by 2007, Beckham was playing there on a five-year, $250 million deal with the Los Angeles Galaxy, and there have been very few athletes that can command the popularity and the amount of fans that follow Beckham around. Um, Things like Bend It Like Beckham, all of his endorsement deals, fashion, cars, his hairstyles that got everyone interested, so... This brought a huge new audience to the MLS, especially for the LA Galaxy, and really saw them jump to the top in terms of numbers and fans around the world. Um, then a year later, in 2008, fortunes continuing to turn for the better. Uh, the debut of Arsenal's all-time leading score and one of France's best ever forwards, Thierry Henry, he signed a five-year deal with the New York Red Bulls. And that same year, it featured the return of the San Jose Earthquakes. And then 2009 to, the, to 2011, They had the additions of the Seattle Sounders, the Philadelphia Union, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and the Portland Timbers. And the Montreal Impact joined a year later in 2012 with the New York City FC and Orlando City Zyre Club following in 2013. So this six-year period, 2007-2013, saw a lot of growth, huge fan upticks, um, giant superstar players from all around the world coming over. It was a big deal. And... They could attribute a lot of that to the 2002 World Cup, um, seeing how big of strides the U.S. men's national team had made, rolling that into the MLS, signing these big players, continuing to bring more fans, setting record attendance, and all of that continued on to 2013. Now, U.S. based international soccer star like Clint Dempsey, um, he joined the league around this point, and it's continued from there. You know, we signed. Players like Frank Lampard at New York City FC, David V at the New York City FC, Kaka's played for Orlando City. Um, just recently, Lorenzo Insigne from the Italian national teams joined Toronto FC. And it's just it's just grown from that. There's been a lot of stars coming to and fro the MLS lately. And let's hope that keeps up and that SCLSC can get some more of those. Um, so, anyways, jumping to the present. There is no let up in the growth of the league and the 29th franchise who will join in March 2023 will be St. Louis FC. Um, Sacramento were poised to be the 30th franchise, but the MLS has put that on hold. But the the bigger plan from Commissioner Don Garber is to reach 32 participating teams. So City will be the 29th and they're looking to add three probably in the next few years. We'll see on that they have that on hold right now. Obviously, COVID is a few of these plans to the side um city will play in the western conference and throughout this conference they'll be playing teams like la fc austin fc fc dallas minnesota united real salt lake nashville sc la galaxy the vancouver whitecaps in canada seattle sounders portland timbers colorado rapids the san jose earthquakes houston dynamo and sporting kansas city So pretty diverse and spread out around the United States, this Western Conference. Um, After the league ends, there will be MLS playoffs. They are a seeded single elimination knockout tournament contested at the conclusion of the regular season. So the top seven teams from the West and the Eastern Conference, they will secure their spot in the playoffs. And the bottom seven are obviously eliminated. They will not be participating um, the regular season takes place from late February all the way through early October, provided there's no stoppages in play with you know, COVID or anything anything like that, how that how there has been in the past. Um, the playoffs will go on between October and November, and this year the MLS Cup Final is scheduled to take place a little over two weeks before the start of the 2022 World Cup. Even though it usually happens every December, some players from the MLS will be participating in the World Cup, so... They don't want to have any conflicts there. So that will take place at the beginning of November. So the 2022 FIFA World Cup, if you're wondering, it does start on Sunday, November 20th, which is why that final in December is moved back. And it ends on Sunday, December 18th. So there'll be some big games in there. Luckily, the U.S. national team has made it. So we're looking forward to that. Um, So a little bit of an overview of some of the teams. So sitting in first place right now in the Western Conference, a team that will be really difficult for STLSC, especially in our first year, it's Los Angeles Football Club, the pretty new MLS team, LAFC. Uh, their top scorer right now is Carlos Vela with eight goals and nine assists this season. Sitting in second down in Texas is Austin FC, also another relatively new team doing very well. They have Sebastian Dirici from Argentina. He has 18 goals and seven assists. Another Texas team, FC Dallas, is sitting in third right now. And their player Jesus Ferreira has fifteen goals and five assists. He's an American and will probably play for the US national team. With fourth place fourth place is Minnesota United. Emmanuel Reynoso has ten goals and eight assists. In fifth place we have Real Salt Lake. Um Justin Miram from Iraq, he has three goals and seven assists right now. And then Nashville SC, sitting in 6th place, has Hani Mukhtar from Germany. He has 16 goals and 9 assists. Uh, the LA Galaxy is not having their best year. They're in 7th place. But Chicharito, Javier Hernandez, one of the most famous Mexican players of all time, is still with them. And he has 11 goals this season. Just played an MLS All-Star game. Sitting at number 8 is Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, Ryan Gold from Scotland has 6 goals and 7 assists for them. Number 9 is Seattle Sounders. Nicolas Lolero from Uruguay has 5 goals and 8 assists. In 10th place, we have the Portland Timbers. Yimichara Chara from Colombia is their standout player with 4 goals and 9 assists so far this season. In 11th place, the Colorado Rapids have Diego Rubio from Chile. He has 12 goals and 6 assists so far. In the 12th spot, there's the San Jose Earthquakes. They have Christian Espinosa, also from Argentina. He has 6 goals and 11 assists. In 13th place, the Houston Dynamo FC has Sebastian Ferreira from Paraguay. He has nine goals and three assists. And in bottom of the league, 14th place, something some St. Louis people might be happy about, Sporting Kansas City, bottom of the league, and their top players, Johnny Russell from Scotland, with seven goals. So looking at some of these games, obviously LAFC is going to be a difficult one. Um, Austin FC looks to be resurgent, and they had a couple tough years in the beginning and they're doing very well in second place right now um, with owner Matthew McConaughey. Um, FC Dallas is going to be a tough game. And then a lot of these mid-table teams, I'd say 8th through 14th, I think FCLSC is going to be looking to take points off of in the first year. It's always difficult to really kickstart a franchise and to get going with the new coach and the new team and all the new training grounds and everything. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a first place finish in the in our debut season but looking at some of these teams currently I think we could get quite a few points and hopefully move up in the table pretty quickly. Um, Some away games looking at this Western Conference um, the teams from LA, Austin, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland some of these games are going to be very far trips Uh, We'll have to see how many of the St. Louis faithful can make it up there. But then also games like Nashville SC or Sporting Kansas City would be a great short little road trip to get everyone involved. Um, Bring a lot of away fans. Have a great little trip. So, yeah, looking forward to the new MLS team from St. Louis challenging the 15th spot. Hopefully it will not be ours. Hopefully we can move up to mid-table or Top five would be a great goal of, in the debut season. But thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week with another podcast.